we got a lot of guys that are that are desperate and trying to show and prove, you know, that they belong here. And um, they're taking full advantage of their opportunity, you know, on these 10-day contracts. They're just they're doing what they're supposed to do. You know, when I met with all of them, I said just any advice I could give you is whatever you actually hang your hat on as a player, as a person, it should be on display every single night. And that's exactly what they're doing, all of them. Hey, Rip City, this is Anthony Simons, and it's time to open the briefcase with Casey Hodel. Greetings, Wizard fans, and welcome to The Briefcase, episode 34 of The Briefcase. I am your host, Casey Holdall. That was Chauncey Billups discussing the play of Skylar Mays, Shaq Harrison, Nathan Williams, and Justin Minaya, all of whom have joined the Trailblazers from the G League in the last week as the Trailblazers close out their 22-23 season. All four have played well and have kept Portland remaining surprisingly competitive in games, despite facing teams that are presumably ramping up for the postseason. But rather than ramping up, the Trailblazers are winding down from the second consecutive season. We'll look at what is left for Portland to play for, how the draft lottery odds are still very much to be determined, and hear from Kevin Knox, too, on this edition of The Briefcase. The Blazers are now 33-46 and 46 overall, with three games to play after splitting the first two games on a four-game road trip, Portland's last of the season. The Blazers started the trip by defeating the Timberwolves 107-105 in Minneapolis Sunday afternoon behind 27 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists from Shaden Sharp, and 19 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 steals from Kevin Knox, who again, we'll hear from later on in the show. But it wasn't just those two players, it was also the contributions from all the players who recently signed out of the G League. That win was one of the biggest upsets in recent NBA history. The Blazers were 19-point underdogs in that game and ended up winning by two. As you've probably heard since then, that was one of the biggest underdog versus the spread wins since they started keeping those kind of records. Which tells you something about how much these games mean to the guys who are still able to play, and also maybe tells you something about the Timberwolves' chances in the postseason. Two nights later, the Blazers would lose 119-109 to the Grizzlies in Memphis. The Blazers covered in that game as well, by the way. They were 18.5-point underdogs and lost by 10. After trailing by as many as 19 points in the first quarter, Portland rallied to get back in the game and even led for the first three minutes of the fourth quarter before Memphis closed the game on a 23-8 run to save themselves some embarrassment. Skylar Mays led Portland in points with 24, in assists with 7, and in rebounds with 8, though Drew Banks and Shane Sharp also matched those 8 boards. Shane Sharp scored 20 points and headed out 6 assists in 29 minutes. Jabari Walker had won his best games of the season, posting 16 points, 6 rebounds in 20 minutes, and Shaq Harrison added 13 points and 3 rebounds rebounds, while John Butler had 10 points and 5 rebounds. Consider this. Of the 9 Trailblazers who played Tuesday night, only 2 of those players, Drew Eubanks and Kevin Knox, were in the NBA last season. The Blazers started 2-way guys who were playing in the G League last week, and another came off the bench to play 27 minutes. Players who do not have full NBA contracts played a combined 134 minutes in the loss to Memphis, and I would expect something similar like that to happen for the remaining 3 games of Portland's season. All the G League guys have played great. I think they've really done a good job of comporting themselves. And I think they're they're showing other teams and the Trailblazers as well that these guys can play if it's just as much as getting a summer league invite or potentially a contract going forward, whether that be a two-way contract, a non-guaranteed contract, or a full contract. I think many of these guys are giving themselves a good opportunity to go on to next season in a better situation than they were in this season. And two of the more veteran guys, Skylar Mays and Shaq Harrison, have really done a nice job, particularly Skylar Mays, who is averaging 17 points on 61% shooting from the field and 57% shooting from three, 100% shooting from the free throw line, 7.3 assists, and 4.3 rebounds in 32 minutes per game. Skylar Mays, a guy who has already had some NBA experience with the Hawks, 
I would imagine that if nothing else, he'll probably get training camp invites next season. And with the way he's played so far at the end of Portland season, I would not at all be surprised if he was an NBA guy next year. Kind of the same deal for Shaq Harrison, who has also bounced around the NBA a bit since joining the Trailblazers. He is averaging seven points on 41% shooting from the field and 40% shooting from three, 63% shooting from the free throw line, while also handing out 3.7 assists and grabbing four rebounds a game, while also getting 1.7 steals. That's kind of Shaq Harrison's thing, a defensive stalwart. As we mentioned on Blazers Balcony the other day, a guy who is absolutely jacked. A guy who I would imagine will get some opportunities next season to at least make an NBA roster. And if not, a guy who in the G League, I think teams are probably always looking to add if they need filling guys, which is not a bad place to be if you're a guy like Shaq Harrison. Moving on, let's take a look at the Trailblazers and their final three opponents and consider what is at stake for each of the team that Portland is playing and also the teams around the Trailblazers in the standings as we enter the last few days of the season. Much like when I discuss gambling in the NBA, I have no opinion either way about what is going to happen. This is just a situation that the Blazers are in with three games to play. So here goes. The Blazers are currently 26th in the NBA at 33 and 34. If they win out, they could conceivably finish with a better record than the Pacers, the Wizards, and the Magic, and could tie the Jazz, though they can go no lower than 26th as the Hornets are locked into the 27th spot. Hornets cannot move, by the way, so they can't go up, they can't go down. Hornets finish the season in 27th. However, if the Trailblazers lose the rest of their games, they will finish the season 26th, which comes with a 10.5% chance of getting the first, second, third, or fourth pick. And by the way, those are odds for each pick, not the collective odds of getting picks one through four. So if the Blazers win another game, they're almost sure to finish 23rd, 24th, or 25th, since there is currently a three-way tie for those spots between the Pacers, the Wizards, and the Magic. Worth mentioning here that if the season ended today, the Pacers, Wizards, and Magic would have a 7.5% chance of getting the first pick, a 7.8% chance of getting the second pick, an 8.1% chance of getting the third pick, and an 8.5% chance of getting the fourth pick. So there's about a three percentage point difference of getting the first pick between finishing 26th compared to finishing in a tie for 23rd. And by the way, they don't do tiebreakers for lottery odds. They just combine all of those teams' odds together. And then I think there's a coin flip if there's an odd number of odds and the team that wins that coin flip gets one extra ping pong ball or one extra point percentage chance. I don't know what it is, but basically, just for the record, they don't do tiebreakers for lottery odds. And so you know what the teams around Portland are up against. The Magic finish their season versus the Cavs, at the Nets, and at the Heat. The Wizards finish at the Hawks, versus the Heat, versus Rockets. And the Pacers finish versus the Knicks, versus the Pistons, at the Knicks. So now, let's consider the Trailblazers' final three opponents and what they have to play for. First, the San Antonio Spurs, who the Trailblazers will face Thursday night at the Moody Center here in Austin, Texas, where I'm recording right now. Haven't got a chance to do much here in Austin, but so far, seems like a nice town. So at 20 and 59, the Spurs are currently 28th with three games to play versus the Blazers, versus the Timberwolves, and at the Mavericks. They cannot be caught by the 27th place team, the Charlotte Hornets, as I just mentioned, but they are just a half game worse than the Houston Rockets at 20 and 60 with two games left to play. Given that, you might assume that the Spurs have cause to lose as much as possible in order to jump the Rockets for 29th. But here's the thing. The change that the NBA made to the lottery odds a few seasons ago means that the three teams with the worst record all had the same odds of getting the number one pick, and the second, third, and fourth picks also, by the way. So even if the Spurs do end up with the worst record than the Rockets, they still have the same odds of getting one of the top four picks since the 30th team, the 29th team, and the 28th team all have the same odds. 
Now, there is one difference. The team that finishes 29th can end no worse than with the 6th pick, while the team that finishes 28th can finish no worse than the 7th pick. So there are minor differences, but in that scenario, if you end up with one of those picks, you already got screwed anyways. You already have to get incredibly unlucky is what I'm saying. And if you're going to be that unlucky, nothing's going to change it. Moving on to Portland's penultimate opponent this season, the LA Clippers. As of right now, the Clippers are tied with the Lakers for 6th, which is the last guaranteed playoff spot and the seed that everyone assumes teams want as it sets up a first-round matchup with the Kings, a team breaking their 16-year playoff drought. The Clippers face the Lakers Wednesday night, and if they lose, they'd fall to 7th, which is the first spot in the play-in tournament with two games left to play. And they're only one game up on the Pelicans and one and a half games up on the Timberwolves, so they'll still have plenty to play for when they face the Blazers Sunday afternoon at whatever they're calling the old Staples Center these days. And finally, we come to the Warriors. The Blazers will host at 12.30 on Easter Sunday in the final game of the regular season for both teams. The Warriors, currently 5th at 42-38, and 38, face the Kings on Friday before Sunday's finale, and while it's certainly possible that they will try to get to the 6th spot by hook or by crook, the chance of falling out of a guaranteed playoff spot and into the play-in tournament seems like a pretty risky move just to try to set up what you think is going to be a better matchup in the first round. My opinion on that is... If you're a team that has to consider who you're going to play in the first round, you are probably not a championship caliber team. Also, the other defending champ, so you figure a team with that kind of confidence would be above such shenanigans. So you assume the Warriors will have cause to put their best foot forward Sunday afternoon in the finale for both teams. Fan appreciation night for that one as well. Come on down to the arena after whatever it is people do on Easter morning. I don't really know. Not really an Easter guy. Though I do love a Cadbury cream egg, which I thought had like actual egg yolk in it till I was like 20 years old. So to sum it up, the Spurs will likely not have much to play for, but not really much to play against either, and both the Clippers and the Warriors seemingly will have cause to play their best in the final two games of the season versus the Trailblazers. So there you go. Now you know. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up today's show as we often do with an interview with a player, this time Kevin Knox too, who the Trailblazers acquired from Detroit at the trade deadline. By the way, I always appreciate when guys go by two rather than junior. I think it looks better. Roman numerals add a certain amount of uh, sophistication and authority. Kevin Knox, too, has bounced around a bit since being selected by the Knicks with the ninth overall pick of the 2018 draft, but he's looked to me like at least a useful role player in the minutes he's played as the season winds to a close. So I asked Kevin about how he views himself as a player, his career thus far, playing for Chauncey Billups, having the opportunity to play extended minutes at the end of the season, and his future prospects as he enters free agency. Here's what Kevin had to say. And apologies for the noise of the smoothie blender that you'll hear at the first part of this interview as well. We were conducting the interview right outside where they just had the team meeting. So, Kevin, how would you say uh, it's gone for you so far since uh, arriving in Portland? Uh, I feel like the experience has been great. Just been working nonstop, you know, trying to get more familiar with the system, uh, with the guys around, with the coaches and everything. I feel like I've built some, uh, built some great relationships here so far, so I just want to continue to build on that. What are some of those things that you have been working on? Uh, man, just all assets on my game for real. Just trying to be more alert defensively. Um, I know that's one of the biggest things the front office wants, just guys who's going to commit to defensive end. So just trying to get better with that. And then uh, just, you know, overall just, you know, working on my shot, continue to get shots up, continue to get reps and be aggressive. How would you describe your game? Like if you were going to tell someone, like, this is kind of who Kevin Knox is as a player, how, how would you describe it? Uh, versatility. I feel like that's kind of the key word, just being able to do multiple things on the court. Put the ball on the ground, be able to attack closeouts, um, be able to knock down shots, be able to create my own shot, and uh, be able to run in transition. So just be- basically just being you know, ver- uh, as versatile as I can and just you know, working on all aspects of my game. 
how would you describe where you're at in your career right now? Obviously, you're, I think you're going to be a free agent this offseason uh, after your rookie deal. How would you sum up where you're at in your career right now? Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty good, you know, getting an up-and-down uh, career so far. But, you know, trying to find somewhere, a team that's, you know, I can build a relationship and, and get, build a stable, you know, a career with. So just trying to figure out the right team, figure out the right organization with that. How would you kind of talk about your career thus far? I mean, obviously, you know, you get drafted by New York. You, it seems like things are going well. And I don't know what happens, but, like, it just seems like it, it changed a little bit. So how would you describe that? Yeah, I felt like my New York experience was great. You know, I didn't uh, go as, as I wanted it as well. I wanted to be there as long as I could. Uh, but the business side of it, aspect of it, uh, but I think I learned so much just being there under Tibbs, under the, uh, Fizz, uh, under Coach Mike. You know, being able to just learn different things from different coaches is great. Uh, then, you know, my time in Atlanta was short, but, you know, learned as much as possible there. Got a little playoff run there as well. Uh, then got to Detroit earlier this year, another young team. I've uh, been able to get opportunity there, uh, be able to play as much as I can there and get get better. And then I uh, came here, and I think uh, this is a great system uh, for me. I think I can really feel well in the organization. One of the reasons I asked that is because bounced around a little bit now, but when I see you out there, like, you really look like a player to me. Like, it really looks like you, you have something to offer a team. I, I'm a bit a little confused because, like, Kevin can, can really play. Yeah, this league is all about situation and opportunity. Uh, so, you know, the, you know, there's a lot of guys getting the right situations, right opportunities. Some guys don't. And uh, I think just, you know, bouncing around, just being able to find a stable home, find an organization that I can fit in and a system that I can fit in. And, you know, just, you know, whatever I, wherever I go, I'm just going to be able to go there and work as hard as I can. And if the balls fall in the right place, they will. I guess from the future perspective, like what, what are you kind of hoping? Um, like I'm, I'm assuming there's probably some some hope to, to stay in Portland or like kind of what's the how do you view kind of that next part of your career? Yeah, I would love to stay here in Portland. Like I said earlier, man, the system I think fits me perfectly. You know, offensively and defensively, they love to play fast. You know, playing all guys like Dame and Ann are great. Being able to get open looks with that. Uh, but like I said, it's all a business. So you never know what this summer can hold for me, what the future can hold for me. But like I said, I would love to be here long term. Uh, you talk about versatility as well. Would you consider yourself a small forward, a power forward? Does it matter? Like, how, kind of positionally, how would you? How would you? I would say small forward, but you know, this game is all positionless. You know, I've been playing the four a lot lately the last couple of years, uh, but I, that goes back to my versatility, just being able to play in multiple positions, guard multiple positions. So, I think that's like a, a huge asset in today's game, just being able to play multiple positions. Absolutely. Uh, what's it been like uh, playing for Chauncey and his staff? Man, Chauncey's gave me a lot of confidence. You know, uh, he's let me go out there and just play. And I haven't got the opportunity since my rookie year for real just to go out there and just play my game and hoop. And I think uh, just the more I'm playing, the more getting more and more comfortable. Uh, I haven't played in so long, it feels like. So, I mean, just getting out there and just having fun again, man, it's kind of the biggest thing with me, man. I think that's kind of key for a lot of young guys. Just going out there, having fun, and just knowing you got a coach that's going to let you just play and play your game. So, that's kind of the biggest thing with me here and uh, Chauncey. Uh, just being able to let me go out there and play my game. He knows what I can do, playing through mistakes, playing through missed shots, and that's kind of huge for young guys. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Because I, I, I think people don't maybe realize like how, how difficult that can be when, you, when you're trying to make your way in the league to know that like sometimes you, you're in situations where you just can't necessarily make mistakes mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people would assume you would have to make in order to grow. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's all levels of basketball, high school, little league, college, overseas. I mean, you just got to, like I said, the right situation, opportunity. Uh, you're not going to be the star player on every single team, but being able to you go out there and play through mistakes and, and get minutes is huge because uh, this league is all built on rhythm. Just going out there, just consistent, getting minutes, uh, getting out there, playing at a, at a high rate consistently at a high level. So 
feel like that's just kind of that's an underrated thing for young guys, just consistent minutes and uh, getting getting a feel for the game and the rhythm. Because the long the more you're out there, the more the more comfortable you're going to get. Adjust to the game, adjust to the you know the way the refs are calling, the defense is playing. So I feel like just being able to get minutes at a young age is huge. And, and kind of a part of that, I, I think, is, is guys can play right now. And I think from the outside, maybe you, you kind of see the team now, and you're like, boy, you know, wins are tough to come by right now. They'll undermanned. In talking to to the players, it's like you guys all real excited for the opportunity. It seems like it almost seems like there's a little bit of a disconnect there, where it's kind of, some people look at it and be like, well, the season's over. Yeah. But guys on the team are like, this is this is my chance to kind of show what I can do. Yeah, man, this is a chance for a lot of guys yeah. to go out there and just play and just have the opportunity to go out there and just get film. Uh, not even necessarily for the Portland Trailblazers, but for everybody else in the league. Everyone's watching right now. All eyes are on us, the young guys. A lot of guys seeing if, you know, we belong in this league. So we're we playing out there with a chip. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of fans and a lot of people around the league probably think we're done. But I know personally I'm trying to win every game I'm playing in. So I'm going out with that mindset. Uh, I think everyone out there is playing, trying to win as well. So I think that's kind of why we're fighting so hard, playing so hard, because we're just out there trying to win. We're playing with a chip on our shoulders. So... I think that's kind of the biggest thing for guys like us trying to get an opportunity somewhere in this league. Got to play with a chip on your shoulder. And it seems like a lot of guys are in that situation, as you mentioned. So it's got to be kind of fun to all be have, be kind of on that same level and know that, like, hey, we're all we're all out here trying to trying to do the same thing. Yeah, it's super fun. Just knowing everyone's on the same page. You know, it's not guys out there trying to win. Not guys out there just going through the motions. You know, you got everyone out there playing hard, playing together. You know, a lot of us haven't even had no practice time together. So a lot of it just kind of go down to feel up feel for the game. Uh, be able to make the right reads, make the right passes. So I feel like, you know, everyone on the same page, everyone playing hard. I mean, we're not going to win every single game. We're still a young team. But I think, like I said, everyone just wants to see film. They want to see how these guys are playing, how hard they're playing. Do they do they have a good feel for the game? Can they make jump shots? So this is all opportunity for us to go out there and show people that. Uh, last one, uh, just a couple more games left. What are you hoping to, to get accomplished in these last couple games? Trying to win as many games as possible. I'm going out there trying to win every game. Just playing at a high level. Uh, personally, I'm working on defense, you know, trying to get my defensive alertness better, uh, working on that end of the, the end of the court. And then offensively, just letting the game come to me. Uh, the last couple games, last few games, just going out there playing hard as I can and, you know, not control, controlling what I can, and that's effort. And uh, just playing hard, getting good film, uh, showing the trailblazers that, you know, I belong here and that I want to stay here long term. There you go. Kevin Knox, too, discussing his early days as a Portland Trailblazer. Really appreciated getting to know Kevin just a little bit. feel like he's played pretty well. Again, a guy who may be kind of on the fringes of being out of the league, but it looks to me like Kevin is an NBA player. Hope he gets an opportunity next season, if not in Portland, at least somewhere else. And that will do it for this edition of The Briefcase. Thank you much for joining me, as always. The plan is to record again on Friday before the season-ending road home back-to-back, at which point it's possible that we might have a little more clarity about where the Trailblazers might finish the season in the league standings. But until then, thank you for listening to this edition of The Briefcase. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I am Casey Holdall. Go Blazers! Go Blazers!